everyone. Welcome to the Golden Radio Show podcast. I'm Jen, your mom, joined as always by GR Dad. Hi. Hi, GR Dad. How's it going? Hello. Pretty good. I miss you. It's been another another week since we've been together. I miss you too. Yeah, you're in Florida at least. I know. It's real nice here. Actually, it's real stormy here right now. And you got all the girls. Uh, I got nothing. Well, you know, I got Washington. Yeah. <laughs> I almost got struck by lightning. Pops. This it's kind of Hopper's fault. Does not make me feel better. So I was getting ready to go for a run, like the sunset. It, the just set and I had got a new pair of shoes and uh, I was like, all right, I'm going to go for a little run, test these shoes out. And, uh, and then there's like this big rumbly, like thunder lightning. There've been storms kind of rolling through all day. And I was like, I don't, I probably shouldn't go out if it's like that. Meanwhile, hops is like standing on the porch, like obsessed with something, barking, crying, running around. And it's a coconut floating past out in the water taunting her oh i try to put her inside she's like whining and crying to get out there and i'm like i'm looking the thunderstorm is sort of way off to the side i'm like it's fine let's go get the coconut to just get her to shut the heck up because she's like going crazy right now so i'm like all right we're just gonna go outside for a minute get the coconut so you just swim out to get the coconut it's in the water So we go down and she's looking at it and she's like getting all ready, except it's a little too far out for her. It's probably, how far would you say that? It's like 50 yards? Yeah, probably. Maybe? Mm -hmm. So like you can clearly see the coconut, but it's not, it's farther than we would throw a tennis ball. Not a lot, but she's like, I'm not sure. Is it too close? Uh, Maybe I'll go get it. Uh, Maybe I won't. Diva. And I'm like, man, we got to go. There's like lightning flashing. It's off to the north a little bit, but still... And so finally, like, all right, I'm going to go get the coconut. So the kayak's down on the beach. I really don't want to be like kayaking in lightning because you got like a carbon fiber paddle, which is going to attract lightning. It's a bad so, idea even not having a paddle, but go ahead. It's a terrible idea. It was a, it was a bad idea, but I'm like, I'm going to get the coconut for her. It is going to take 30 seconds to kayak to the coconut. I'm going to get it. 30 seconds to come back in and then we'll be done. So I kayak out to the coconut. I get it. It's a big giant coconut too. Start bringing it in and hops is kind of like, you know, swimming out towards us, swimming back into the shore. And I hadn't even got the kayak to like the little slopey part of the beach. Like I was in front of our backyard, but there's like a kind of little coral rock wall. I toss the coconut out to hop. So it's floating in the water so she can get it. And all of a sudden this bolt of lightning on the opposite side from where the storm was comes down it hits like two houses down from us like there hadn't been any lightning right over us and then i'm like oh as soon as i see the flash i'm like oh no and then like immediately you get just like that deafening crack hops like freaked the heck out like was jumped up like tucked herself into this weird little ball starts running around and i was like "Ah, we need to get out of here hops i like kind of threw the kayak onto the beach, which is a heavy kayak. I don't even know where the paddle is. I just threw it somewhere, like hustling hops up. And I had pulled my calf muscle, whatever that was, sat Friday. And uh, it had been getting better, but I was like, you know, kind of bolting into the house. So like, that's all irritated <laughs> again. Uh, and somehow the coconut ended up in the house. I don't remember carrying it. It's too big for Hobbs to have carried it, but obviously one of us did. And Hobbs has been working out her nervous energy trying to shred the coconut. So there's like coconut husk all over the floor. I just cleaned for like an hour today and now it's 
like she was wet because I didn't have time to towel her outside. So, you know, I toweled her inside, but there's still like wet dog prints, like body prints on the rug. And then there's like coconut shreds on the rug. And uh, no, you almost got hit by lightning. That's really the important and thing. And I almost got hit L- by let's lightning. Let's keep your eye on the prize there, Colbeck. I know. I know. It's no the, more. The wet spot on the carpet is fine. No more going outside in lightning. Yes, please. Tell Hops. Yeah. I mean, I generally do not mess around with lightning. Tell Hops like, not to be such a diva about a coconut floating around and then everything will be fine. <laughs> I mean, if that worked, my problems would be solved. I almost got hit by lightning once, like for real, when I was a kid. I mean, it Wait, hit. Wait, how is this not for real? Hmm? Hmm? I, I mean, it was like feet away from me. Like, mm. I couldn't see anything for a little while. Uh, Whoa. Like, in. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was. Maybe ten feet. Maybe that, it might I have think been that closer than that. Says you actually got struck by lightning. Then, I mean, uh, like I, my body was all tingly. And, I think that counts. Uh, I think you get struck I mean, it by didn't lightning. Hit me like I was not electrocuted. Uh, it know. was terrifying, and just a super weird experience. I mean, obviously, like, very loud and very bright, but also, like, everything in my body felt really weird. And, uh, yeah, that was not good. And so uh, I really try to be careful because I remember how bad that was. Did it give you superpowers? As far as I know, it did not. I think it kind of might have. I mean, what are those powers? Because I would like to know. Uh, You can fly. Oh, crap. Definitely. Wait, have you seen me do this? <laughs> I can fly in a plane. Pretty, I do that all the pretty time. Pretty sure. I mean, I can't name a specific <laughs> incident right now, but I'm pretty sure you can fly. Oh, well. Must be from right, that. Yeah. I'm going to have to practice. Um, so, yeah. So, no more playing outside in lightning. Everybody yes. else, it's been like rolling through today. I think we've got like six inches of rain or something. And then it'll be like, I posted a snap where it's like, I was sitting out on the back porch and you can't, all you see is like sheets of rain. You can't see any other keys, you know, stormy ocean, gray skies, like really dramatic. And then I walk through the house to the front and there's still rain falling, but it's like blue skies and sunny and like big poofy white clouds. And then just like some rain coming down. So it's weird. I looked at the radar and this storm that almost hit us with lightning, like, it's not like it was blowing through. It's like just formed over like our, the three keys around us rained like four inches and then faded away. Very strange. <laughs> like there's someone summoning forces greater than ourselves. Somebody got something mad at them. At least I don't have to water the grass seed that I planted, so... Seems like your probably has all floated away at this point. Like actually, that does it does puddle, doesn't it? Oh my god! Yeah, the whole front yard was flooded again. Not not as bad as like when we had Lake Queso, but close. This is the problem with having Standing just like water. rock underneath everything. We live on a rock. It takes yeah. a while to drain. Yep. Uh, let's see. Other than that, other than comforting dogs who are scared of thunder, which I feel like I've been doing for a week. Uh, Riley got his test results back. I think we were getting ready to go in for the test before the last podcast. And uh, they're not good. His, uh, his SDMA, which was one of the kidney indicators, has gotten remarkably worse. Um, the other stuff is fairly stable. And so the vets aren't super worried. You know, they don't like that that one value got worse. But I talked to both our Keys vet and our specialist in D.C. today. And uh, they're like, look, the fact that like the creatinine is level 
which is like one of the real old school indicators. They're like, that's good, so we'll take it. Like we're not super worried by the fact that the other one got a lot worse. So uh, that's that. Riley. And they're like, maybe you should try giving him some of this medicine because it'll help him eat. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, do you need a prescription? I'm like, I think I have some. It's on the shelf. Like I've been giving it to him every day. So they're like, oh, that might help. And I'm like, yeah, well, it might. Giving it to him already. Captain Obvious. Um, Thanks, Captain o- Dr. Obvious. I think they had prescribed it, and then they at some point they probably were like, okay, you can discontinue the appetite stimulant, and I just hadn't done it. Uh, <laughs> it didn't hurt him, but yeah. So anyway, uh, so he's doing okay. I mean, he doesn't have a great appetite, but it's not terrible. I mean, he's pretty stable. He eats so. buns. He does eat buns, yeah. And he's been eating some kibble the last couple of days, which is great. He eats snacks, too, fish snacks. Oh, yeah. And I've got those sausage slices, those Milo's Kitchen sausage slices. He gets one of those after his pills every night, and he, like, basically snaps my fingers off. It's very schmeagly, the way he's like, ow, give me that snack. Ow. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's not supposed to have a lot of protein, but... Uh, fish is okay, isn't it? Fish is better. Fish, I think, is a little better because there's, like, something in the fish oil is supposed to be good for the kidneys, and he likes those fish snacks, but he loves the sausage slices. Well, I, you know, I'm almost ready to eat those things. Those look real good. I know. They smell like sausage. I think they actually are just sausage. Yeah. <laughs> I so, think they're uh, just kielbasas cut up, sliced sliced up. <laughs> so that's the dog update. Oh, um, wait, that's and it? Then, there's so much more about the dogs. What is there? Queso get, continues to get younger. Oh, man. Queso rolling around on her back is just the best thing. She's doing it like every day yeah, now. Yeah, that's awesome. I know. It's so good. And she's rolling trying around. to like snap at mosquitoes. Like, yeah, that's she did. We were outside. There's Mr. a fly buzzing around. Mr. And Miyagi just, type skills. Yeah, totally. Queso's <laughs> yeah. awesome, man. She's the best. She's great. She seems and to she, like, enjoy the tropics. Yes, and you know when she sees people like the are across the street, like there's a a condemned house straight across the street, but right next to that there's some people, and uh, they have rented their house out for this month, and uh, so we've met the neighbors. There's like a ton of people staying there, like a bunch of I would I think high school aged girls, um, you know, and their parents and everybody, but they were all over petting him through the fence. So whenever Queso sees someone out there, she like gallops up to the fence. It's always surprising enough that I haven't been able to catch it on the snaps yet, but she like bolts across the yard. She moves and, like, like runs Vink. up to the fence. I mean, she's as yeah. fast as Vink all of a sudden. It's, it's like crazy. really cool seeing this giant dog move so fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so she's doing good. Vink, the same. Jasmine, the same. Yeah. Yeah. Vink looks good. She's doing pretty good. She's. Uh, I just mean I she's her... not that smart. She relies on her looks. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, yeah, everybody's fine. Any other updates you wanted to add about the dogs? That was it. Queso was okay. doing love in the tropics. <laughs> I like her just like a regular edition. I was like, Queso's awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're like, wait a second, we're not done. Queso's awesome. I just think it's <laughs> impressive how she's just keeps doing more and more stuff and being like, Super youthful and exuberant. I agree. Yeah, and the keys definitely agree with her. And it's not even, you know, in winter you can be like, oh, it must be good for her bones. The weather, the warm weather is good for her bones, which like may be true, but not now. 
the same in DC as it is here, and she's still happier here. Yeah. She's like me. She loves like that extra humidity. Yeah, maybe. It's working. Yeah. It's working. Whatever. So, uh, yeah. case it was awesome, indeed. Uh, so our little topic for the week is marriage. Marriage is what brings us together oh, that today. Blessed institution. That dweem <laughs> within it dweem. That's right. That's right. So, uh, so we had our very first golden ratio proposal. Uh, so I haven't talked to the people involved in the proposal, so you know you can see the proposal on the thing, but I don't want to talk too much about them. Uh, but the guy was like, "I'm going to propose to my girlfriend. Uh, you know, I'm coming home on this day. Can you?" post a, a sign that says, you know, so-and-so, will you marry so-and-so? And I was like, oh, this is great. Like, I love it. I love weddings. I love people getting married. Like, of course, I'm totally in to help with this. I got all this stuff. I got bow ties for the dogs, which is like the most adorable thing I've ever done. Uh, you know, it's great. Got them all dressed up, took a beautiful picture of them on the beach and uh, unposted it right when he landed. And she said yes, which is good. But I had messaged him like the day before and I was like, hey, give me her Instagram handle so I can tag her. And, uh, and I had clicked on her profile, which was private, but in her like bio description, she had the dude's initials and then like the diamond ring emoji before he had come home and we had posted the proposal. Yeah. So I wonder if they were like, you know, I don't think it was a super surprise, like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're proposing to me proposal. Seems like they maybe sorted it out. I didn't talk to them about it, but I was like, huh, that's interesting. Maybe she was hint- She's already, hinting. Already got, yeah, it could be she was hinting, but, like, already got the dude's name and a diamond ring on the proposal or on the, uh, on the profile page. So, anyway, they're getting married, so that's pretty cool. And the dogs Love look proposals. really good in the bow ties. Oh. They look so good in the bow ties. Uh, just adorable. And I managed to get like really good portraits of uh, Jasmine, Hops, and Riley. Riley looking suave. Vink and Queso's, they're, both their bow ties sort of get lost in their floof. And Queso, of course, has no patience posing for pictures. She just like <laughs> wants, you cannot get her to stand still, basically. She, sta- she's, she lies there 99% of the day. But when you want to take a picture, she will not stay still. Yeah. Yeah. And Vink, she was just real distracted. So I'll probably get one of There her is one of Vink but... looking at like an, at an ant or something. Yeah. She's totally <laughs> not. Typical Vink. Yeah. But the black tie she looks good. Look. The, bl- the black bow ties look extra formal. Yep. When I took Riley to the vet, I had him wear his bow tie just because so he's fancy. So you know? good. So that was pretty good. Uh, so yeah, that was fun. Uh, you know, we can't keep proposing to everybody, not that we've got any other requests, but it was fun to do. Uh, we're happy to bring the dogs to your wedding if you have a private jet to fly us there <laughs> or if you're getting married in D.C. Uh, I can't be driving all over the country to go to people's weddings, but if you're getting married in the DMV, we're happy to come and bring the dogs in exchange for cake. I mean, I am. I'll do anything for cake. Cake, maybe some champagne or something. Maybe, but, you know, can we be honest? My champagne tastes exceed the quality of champagne served at weddings including our own oh yeah we drink we drink really good champagne and so then if you drink like normal champagne like we're real spoiled on that so cake then cake cake on the other hand i will eat cake (laughs) i will eat all varieties of cake fair enough 
so, yeah, so that was good. I thought we could also share our proposals stories, if you like. Yeah, you keep saying you keep saying it like as there's two. Yeah, there are two. There was mine, and then there was yours. Oh, this is one bad story, one better story. <laughs> Actually, I think they're kind of both bad, but but yeah, you go ahead with yours. Your dad doesn't like story. All uh, right, so I proposed first. Bad. We had been dating for a little over a year, yeah. and we went to Paris. <laughs> We're in Paris, and I proposed, and Gr Dad said no. God, man, I don't. That's like really all the details that we need to share about. I do that. not like Paris. <laughs> it's. It's not really Paris's fault that no. you said no because you continued to say no when we got home. It's connected. Uh, oh. <laughs> we oh we were staying in like a terrible, weird hotel. Such a stressful we knew the trip. hotel was weird and it was in a weird neighborhood. The whole trip was very stressful. But I proposed like at the beginning of getting to Paris, so then we had to hang out in Paris with each other uh. constantly, like no time apart for like four days. Uh, so that was maybe not my best decision. Well, I mean, in hindsight, it was not my best decision either. I should have said yes. I mean, come around. But no, it's good. Look, Dumbass. it's good, right? You should <laughs> not say yes to a proposal if you're not ready to get married. And you were not, you definitely were not ready. I wasn't sure. And yeah, no, it's good. I mean, no was absolutely the right answer then. Like, just because my feelings were hurt doesn't mean it was the wrong answer. Mm. You sh- nobody should ever say no. No one should ever get married unless you're 100% sure you want to get married. Yeah. Still, I so, blame Paris. That was a sucky uh, trip. <laughs> I mean, is that the one where we took the channel? We went to London and then Paris? Is that, the that a different Rue one? Rue Mouffetard one? That was the Rue Mouffetard one. We stayed right by the Rue Mouffetard. Was, like, I couldn't get into the catacombs because the line was around the block. And it's like nothing. That's where I couldn't get a friggin' croissant. You All I wanted was a, a goddamn plain Paris. croissant. And we'd go into all these pâtisseries, boulangeries. Could I, I just want a croissant. Because it and wasn't six like, in the morning yeah. either, right? So they were sold out of the regular croissants. Could not get disaster. a plain croissant in fucking Paris to save my life. Ugh. Oh, and there was like nothing to eat. Like we normally when we go places, I like super plan out vegetarian restaurants to go to. And I don't know why I didn't do it for this. Because I was like, oh, we'll just, you know, eat at some cafes. We'll do it like this. And I think on previous trips to Paris, I had just bought a lot of groceries. Like I would buy bread and cheese and just kind of eat stuff. I didn't go out much. And we were trying to go out. And remember, you had found one place and you're like, it's well recommended for vegetarians. And I had ordered their vegetarian thing. And it was just a carrot. It was like <laughs> yes. a roasted carrot. It was like, <laughs> it was like a fairly fancy place. And they had, they like had sliced <laughs> up a carrot though, right? It was a roasty, but it was in lots it of little slices. It was a roasty, slices. sliced into uh, little coins, but a, like laid out in carrot shape uh, on a plate with like a little salad around their, it. They were so proud of themselves. I was so hungry. I was I so hungry. And so that at the end of that, we went to L'Arpege. Yeah which is a three-star Michelin restaurant with the, uh, you know, the fanciest, like among the best restaurants in the world is L'Arpege. And uh, I was, you know, we had spent the money we had to spend on that trip and it did not include dinner at a three-star Michelin restaurant. And by the end, I mean, all I had had was salad, <laughs> like mozzarella, tomato, salad, Yeah everywhere and like you know maybe i would get a piece of baguette like i was so hungry and finally i'm like 
fuck it. Like they have a reservation. We're going to go. Like we're going to this fancy restaurant. We got credit cards. Figure out. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I mean, I make enough money that I could afford it. It was not in the budget, but it's fine. Uh, Like, fuck it. We're going. Like I'm going to have one decent meal in Paris as a vegetarian. And uh, it was very good. I think they had carrots too, though. There were carrots, but there was a lot of other stuff. It was it was yeah, really good. I mean, as it should be for three Michelin stars. I was lucky you dragged my non-proposing ass around Paris the rest of that, week, the rest of that trip. We have gone back to Paris since then, and it was better in all respects. We had Remember we went to that place, that Italian restaurant yeah, in yeah. Paris? It's like the first night, and it was just like, <laughs> let's just find something by the hotel. And we ended up in an Italian restaurant because I was like, pasta, fine. You know, I'll plan other <laughs> stuff later. Yeah. And they had, and and this is a dish, of course, I'm blanking on the name of it. So they have this big, giant wheel of, I think, Romano cheese or maybe Parmesan cheese. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's hard cheese. three feet across, hard cheese. And it's got like a, it's a big slab and it's laying on its side and there's a divot in it. And uh, and they cook you pasta. It's like a bowl, like a, a divot like in the size of a bowl. Yeah. Whole pound of pasta and then they pour some kind of liquor on the cheese and they light it on fire so it gets all melty and then they dump your pasta in there and then they scrape it around and swirl it around and get all that melty cheese that they just have mixed in with your pasta that thing probably had like three thousand calories in it oh my god it was so good you were just making up for that other trip where you're the only tourist in paris to ever lose weight during the trip i think (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Second visit was better, but I still, I still maintain, and this is going to be unpopular, but I still maintain that Paris is still trading on its image from like the 1930s and 40s, where it was, you know, the city of lights and it was impossibly romantic and all this stuff and everyone smoked and, you know. We have been to a lot of cities that we liked better. Yeah. it, It, I, you know, I don't know. Hasn't aged well. I mean, Prague or Paris, I will take Prague any day. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yep. I got those Turdelniks. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's safe. It's so easy to get around. Yeah. I don't think that's yeah. what it's called, but something like that. A Turdelnik? Is that what it's called? You or, call it a Turducken. Oh, yeah. Which is not what it <laughs> it's is. Not what it's it is called a Turdelnik. It's, uh, they have these all over, just like on the street, and they're basically like dough wrapped around like a spigot so it's like a spiral of dough and then they cook it over like coals Mm -hmm, i think mm -hmm. and then it's got like cinnamon sugar on it and then you get it and you get like this kind of tube of uh yeah it's not really fat sort of in the direction of a donut but it's not fried Kind of like a soft pretzel dough but not really yeah but it doesn't have like the outside pretzel part oh my god it's so good Mm. We would get those, and they're just like the perfect snack. You're like, I'm kind of, I'm a little hungry because we've been walking around sightseeing all day, and I don't want to sit down and like have a meal. I just like, I kind of need something. Like it's the perfect size for that. Oh, so good. We did have some I, good I mean, meals was, too, though. We did have some good meals there too. We went to, yeah, the uh, what was that place? They had a Michelin star too. Yeah, have, that was one of the best meals I've had in my life. Would have been like German or Austrian. Bohemian. Or Swiss, yeah. The Bohemian. I think was the name of it. Yeah. Le, Gu- Le Degustation Bohemian or Ooh. something. Yeah, they have a Michelin star. Uh, one of the best meals I've had in my life, that place. It was delicious. In Prague. Prague, man. So good. We got to go back there. Vienna. Same thing. Vienna, I thought I was like, it's going to be like Frankfurt. Like, I thought it was just going to be like very, you know, kind of corporate and 
you know, fine, but not full of character. And we had just an amazing time in Vienna. Yeah, it was real nice. It was a definite I sense of place. Fell in love with Vienna. Mm -hmm. Totally by surprise. I thought it was going to, I mean, I didn't have any bad thoughts about it, but I was like, eh, it's going to be fine. And uh, I could definitely go back and spend a week there. Yeah. Anyway, that's my proposal. The bad one. Yeah. And then two years go by. Uh, was it really that a long? year and a half yeah, into the, yes it into, really was into the second year okay i'll accept that uh no into the third year. <sighs> into the third, third year overall yeah. not two years since, since paris yeah Ugh. that's how that's how the math works i proposed one year in you proposed three years in uh. <laughs> so two and a half years in total i was kind of like look dear dad i want to get married i understand if you don't want to get married and if you don't want to get married, that can be okay. But I would like to know that so I can sort of adjust my expectations and we can put things in a place that they should be where we're two people who are never going to get married. Like, I can deal with that. That's okay. I like hanging out with you. And I can hang out with you in a less emotionally invested way if you don't want this to be, like, committedly permanent. And you're like, no, no, no. Like, I think we should get married, but I would like to propose on my own terms, and I want to think about this, and I just need a little bit of time to pull it together. And I'm like, I am a modern woman. I do not need you to do a big, fancy proposal. And you're like, this is what I want. And I was like, fine, just do it. <laughs> like, don't tell me you think we should and get I now, married. And I now realize you meant you have about 24 hours. That. All right. Because yeah, you're being unfair. Because it, it took means, nine months. <laughs> I know, but just but I think in your mind, just doing it means why why are you not doing it right now? I mean, I do sort I, of have that feeling, I've but I thought a maybe while. a month so you could like pick out a ring and arrange things. Yeah. Maybe six weeks. Yeah. And so we get like six months later and I was like, Remember when we had that conversation about we were gonna get married and you were like, You wanna do it? And you're like, Yeah and I'm like are you ever going to do that? <laughs> because it seems like you're maybe not. And you're like, no, no. And so then it, it was getting to the point where like once a week I'd be like, so is this going to happen or not? Because I'm kind of starting to believe that it's not. And, and then your dad would make this face that he makes when he's upset. <laughs> that He's being asked about something that he doesn't want to talk about. And, uh, and I was like, Oh, he really doesn't actually want to get married. He's, like, he doesn't want me to kind of change the terms of our relationship, which is what I said I was going to do if we don't get married, but he's not there yet. Uh, and he probably won't get there because it's been three friggin' years. And so I was like, you know, it was a tough time for me. I was really struggling with this because, like, I obviously wanted to get married and you seemed obviously not to want to. And, you know, I think there was, like, there was a way that that could work, but it was going to take a lot of like very explicit acknowledging of the situation. And, and so, yeah, I was having a hard time with it. And my questioning, like, is this going to happen or not, was getting like closer and closer together. And every time we'd go out for dinner, I'd be like, maybe he's going to do it this time. And then he wouldn't. And so finally I was like, you know what? It's not going to happen. So we went out to dinner Dear dad is just like having a nice time at dinner. And I'm like, once again, we are out 
He has had an opportunity. This is not going to happen. I actually got up from the table and went to the bathroom. Like I was so upset and I was like, fuck it. Like we're going to get through tonight. We're going to go home. And then I'm going to figure out like what this looks like. Like, do we just break it off? Do we kind of take a break for a while? What are we going to do? And, uh, And then we'll figure out, you know, is there a way that we can keep spending time together with like a lot of this pressure of this being a serious relationship taken off? Like I was in the bathroom and I was, I I decided, right. I had been putting off making that decision because I thought your dad was going to come around and I was like, he's not. Unbeknownst to me, by the way, I I did did not. uh, Excuse me. Everything except for this part at the date. This part at the date. All the rest of it I was telling you. At this last part, I didn't see. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm in the bathroom and I was like, okay, I'm done. Right. Like, I mean, I still obviously like, I love him. I wish this was working out, but I like, I'm done like hanging out, waiting for him to get his shit together and, uh, and kind of stringing me along. So let's have a nice night and go home and then, you know, figure out what's going to happen. So I was basically done. And, uh, so we finished dinner and gee, our dad is in this great mood at dinner. And I'm like silently seeping <laughs> across the table. And, uh, then step two after dinner was going out for drinks. And I'll let gee, our dad take it from there. Oh, I don't know. I guess I was in a different world. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would love to actually hear your side. Cause I always tell my side and then you get really upset. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. Yeah. No, then we went out for drinks. It's like our favorite drink place and uh and i proposed and you were super surprised and i now realize how surprised you were because (laughs) it was an even bigger emotional swing for you than than i thought but you're very happy and you said yes i was very proud of myself for i think i said it's about goddamn time yeah that's okay i expected that i accepted that (laughs) but i really just wanted to make it a special night and a good story and now it's a great story yeah it was a, putting a lot of pressure on myself. I had to have the right ring and right size and everything. Okay, just to be clear, everyone, the ring that I wanted had been on Pinterest for probably a year and a half. People who are considering proposing to a lady who wants a ring, go to her Pinterest page. The ring that she wants is on her Pinterest page, as was mine. Yeah, I didn't say you, it was mysterious. <laughs> but yeah, you did a good job. I'm very afraid of making doing things wrong and i i put a lot of pressure on myself not from you to have like a nice proposal story little did i realize i almost fucked that up and it was actually a terrible proposal story but i i mean i think it's a great story uh, like you you really took it like to the border and then turned it all around it's much more dramatic with what was going on in my head than if you were just like or we need, went to dinner and got drinks i neither <laughs> seek nor nor need that drama that, that i would have that boy <laughs> glad i didn't know what i didn't know yeah that's right if i had come back to the table and been like drop the look, boom on me and go uh so we're done let's just go home like drop me off at home after this and uh and why don't we talk like in a week and you know take some time to think about things and then see what we're going to do because I can't do this anymore. That would have really fucked up your proposal. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was my plan for after drinks. It only fu- would have uh, fucked it up a little more than it did, than it was. So I, I don't well, no, necessarily <laughs> think it's a great story. 
I think it's a great story. I love telling this story. And when I tell it in person with GR Dad, like he gets this look on his face. Uh, it's not your favorite story for me to tell. Everybody likes the story, though. No one's like, oh, wow, Ingo, you really screwed that up. I don't they're, know, man. They're like, whoa, love, love conquered all in the end. <laughs> Luck? Oh, never mind. <laughs> too close, too close. Well, anyway, it worked out. It did. It yep. did. And uh, we just celebrated our five-year anniversary. From that shitty foundation, we've oh, managed stop. to hold it together for five years, yes. Yeah, that's right. That's pretty good. <laughs> Longer than I was married the first time. Yeah. I only made it four years the first time. And we've been together for eight. That's a good long job. time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Counts. Yeah, it sure does count. <laughs> That was all real stuff. Especially you were trying to break up with me the first three years. Not true. <laughs> I, I kept trying to get you to marry me for the first three uh, years, which is quite the opposite of trying to break up with that you. That is true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Those are our proposal stories. It all works out. Um, yeah. All right, marriage, blessed institution. Congratulations, people who just got engaged. Uh, like I said, we're happy to come to DMV area weddings or weddings that involve private jets. And we'll bring the dogs. Private jets, nice. If anyone is like, I've got a private jet, I will fly you and the dogs to my wedding, I'm 100% in. I'll, I'll buy a new dress. I'll dress the dogs up for you. It'll be great. <laughs> Bow ties. Bow ties? I mean, I'll get them little tutus if you want. Whatever. Tutus. You're flying me in a private jet. I mean, I'll match them to your bridesmaids. It's cool. <laughs> nice. All right. So I'm linking the cocktail of the week with the conch life story. Go. Uh, the, cock- the cocktail of the week is, well, let me, let me back up and give a little bit of background. So uh, all of this is tied together. Key West does the Hemingway Days Festival every summer it just happened it was this last weekend and uh and i will talk about a lot of the stuff that they do there but one of the kind of minor parts of that is that they have the hemingway sunset 5k so it's a for me very little race and i signed up for it because i have not finished my last two ultra marathons i didn't finish the keys 100 i only made it like 73 miles and then Hmm. i don't think we talked about it on this podcast (laughs) only yeah it was a long way Mm To kind of make myself feel better, I had signed up for this 50K, which is 31 miles, that I had run before. It's a great race. And I was like, well, that'll boost my confidence because I can literally any day, if you're like, Jen, you want to go run 31 miles? I'd be like, let me have a snack and then we'll go. Like, I can run that distance. And so I was like, this will be good. Like, I like this race. It's a great course. Uh, Really comfortable with it. And I made it eight and a half miles in and then felt like I had food poisoning, which maybe I did. Maybe the heat got to me in a weird way. I don't know what it was, but uh, just terrible abdominal cramps and felt awful and ended up having to drop out at mile 16, which is ridiculous for me. I can run so much farther than that. And so I had like this double punch of not finishing races. And I was like, I'm going to sign up for a 5K. I know I can finish a 5K. And uh, the 5K was Saturday night. And, of course, Friday afternoon is when I pulled my calf muscles. I, could, I couldn't even walk on Friday. Just and I was stepping like, off the porch. 
I literally stepped from the living room onto the porch, four inch step. And as I put my foot down, I had this big, sharp pain in my calf. I have no idea. I had been sitting like for a really long time working at the table. And I wonder if maybe, you know, it was sort of like tight from a previous run and, uh, and kind of cramped up and I don't know, just like on a hair trigger. Anyway, I did run the race. So I was like, I don't know if I should run this 5k. I don't want to screw up my leg for all the training that I have for another race. And I kind of walked around. I was like, all right, it's fine. Let's go. I'll like get my t-shirt. And, uh, and so I show up, pick up my t-shirt and my number. And then Pilar rum has a little stand at the race sign up and there's like nobody there. And I walk up to him. I'm like, Hey, I really like your rum. I've got it all at home. And they're like, would you like some run punch? And I'm like, I certainly would like some rum punch <laughs> like on an empty stomach before a 5k. I'm like, give it to me. This is <laughs> how, how little punch. you take that race seriously. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, you know, your rum's great. I've got, they have two different kinds, like a blonde and a dark. I'm like, I've got them both at home. And they're like, well, have you seen the special cask reserve? And I was like, oh no, what is that? I'm like, well, we, so it turns out, and I, I read the story online after this. So they had three barrels of rum that they were aging in bourbon barrels. And after 90 days of aging, they're like, no, nah, we don't really like it. And then after 120 days, they're like, mm, not really. And then they got lost. And then somebody just found them. <laughs> like years, three so years later. Uncorporate. Yeah. It, it is uncorporate. There were three barrels that had just been lost and they found them. And uh, so then they're like, this rum is delicious. And so they bottled those three barrels, which made 700 bottles. And that's it. You can only buy them at the PLR rum distillery in key west and uh and so they're like yeah so you know they've telling me the short version of this story and they're like you know if you come by buy a bottle and i was like on the list to do tomorrow i'm totally gonna come buy one of those bottles and uh ran the 5k really slow but it was fine and this race this has a great party like it's a relatively small race so it's not crowded like sometimes after races it's just people are packed you can't get anything this wasn't like that like i walked up to the place where they had the pizza and like picked out a slice and uh went back to the rum place i'm like can i have another one of the rum punches and they're like you sure can so i was like had some more rum and uh the next day went into the distillery and i was like so i ran the 5k yesterday and some woman behind the bar is like yes and i was like someone told me that you've got like a special new rum she's like that was me She's like, come on over. And she gives me a little taste of it. And she's like, you, you had the rum punch before and after the race. And I was like, oh, I've made an impression. <laughs> like she, she's like, you're one of only two people who had rum before and after the race. I was like, well, normally I run a lot farther than that. So I wasn't worried. Um, so anyway, I bought this bottle of rum. It is very delicious. And it comes in this fancy box because it's fancy rum. And uh, it has a recipe for the Hemingway Days cocktail on it because Pilar rum. So it's the Hemingway distillery or Hemingway distilling is the company. Pilar is the name of Ernest Hemingway's boat. So it's a very Hemingway connected or Hemingway branded company. Uh, so they sponsor all the Hemingway days festival. So they have the Hemingway days cocktail, which is the cocktail of the week, which is basically just dark and stormy, except dark and stormy is like trademarked. It has to be made with Gosling's rum and Gosling ginger beer. So this is the Hemingway days and it's just, Pilar rum and ginger beer 
and then you top it with some more pilar rum. You <laughs> use the blonde, blonde pilar rum mixed with ginger ale, and then you float some of the dark rum on the top. So it's basically dark and stormy, but it, you know, it's still really good. Have you made it like that? I have. It's delicious. I bet that's good rum. Yep. So that's the uh, that is a the long story behind the cocktail of the week. Uh, get some pilar rum. Like you can get it at most liquor stores. You don't, you don't have to be in Key West. Like the Key West legal, first legal rum distillery we talk about all the time, that's not widely distributed, but the Pilar is. So uh, both of it's really good. I like the blonde the best. So yeah. And Hemingway, Hemingway, they have a Hemingway lookalike contest, right? That's a big highlight, isn't it? Yeah, I thought that could be our Conk Life story of the week, the Hemingway lookalike contest, which was also Saturday. I like to call it the running of the Hemingways because <laughs> I'm hilarious. It's all these dudes dressed up with like Ernest Hemingway and they got the beards. And the, and then the they, fisherman's sweater. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And they go to the Green Parrot Bar. Or no, they go to Sloppy Joe's and previous winners judge the current competitors. <laughs> and then they name a winner and he gets like a big metal thing. I don't know if it's like a like a boxing belt thing. It's like that size, a big, maybe it's a plate, like a big giant thing. <laughs> But it's just all these dudes who look exactly the same uh, standing together. And one of them's got a medal. It's a little weird. It's a little weird. But it's cool. It's to get people in, I think, even earlier. Because the middle of this week, Wednesday and Thursday this week, is mini season. Which is a two-day lobster season. So regular lobster season starts in August. But they do this mini season a couple weeks earlier. Basically just to get tourists down here. Because got to work to get tourists down here in july yeah and it's, yeah go ahead no no go ahead i was just gonna say like lobsters in maine right you need a boat and it's deep mm-hmm. and the water's super cold and, and they'll pinch your it's face quite off quite a yeah they also have those freaking pictures it's just quite a production and you it's not you can't just casually go lobstering in the yeah. keys everything's three feet deep the lobsters don't have claws and nope, here apparently like Everybody just grabs a snorkel and a mask and some fins and just like jumps in the water and floats around looking for lobsters. Yeah, you just grab them and stick them in a bag. Yeah. Some people bring nets. I mean, you can spear them, but they're in like little holes. So you just kind of poke a stick in their hole till they come out and then you grab them and put them in a bag. Yeah, but <laughs> they, you said they close off like the residential canals from motorboats because there's just people floating around and they're looking for lobsters. No, no, that's not, they don't. You're not allowed to harvest lobsters during mini season from the canals in front of people's houses. So the boats can go through there, but like someone who comes down as a tourist can't go like in the water in our backyard and take lobsters from next to our house. Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah. Because otherwise Uh, you would have people just like swimming around in front of our houses. Yeah. So they want to be like, so we could go get the lobsters from our backyard, but... They're not allowed to in mini season. And I think for the first week of regular season, uh, the like residential canals are off limits. And then after that, anybody can take them from anywhere. Not that I've ever seen a a lobster off our deck, but still. No, there was the, the place that we rented had, there was a lobster that would, we'd see at night. Yeah. Remember with the green light? Yeah. Yeah. So I know there are lobsters around here, but we haven't seen any, we haven't really gone down in there, put the light in yet though. True, um, true. But anyway, so mini season is always in the middle of a week, which is very clever because then 
people should come down earlier in the week so they're here. It's it starts at midnight on Wednesday. <laughs> and so, you know, people got to get here before that and then it ends at, you know, 11:59 p.m. Thursday night, so you may as well stay for the weekend. And hey, the weekend before is Hemingway Day, so maybe just make a big <laughs> long trip out of it. Huh, it's almost uh, like they plan that. Yeah, right. So, uh, so yeah, that's and it's in summer, which is slow season, right? Yeah, it's slow for tourists, and they they get tons of people coming down for mini season. Yeah, it's gonna be the the, the ocean is gonna be like the freeway here. It's gonna be like four ninety five. Yeah, we've been down here. Like we came down on vacation once during mini season. I'm a little worried because I'm leaving. I'm coming back up to Maryland on Saturday, and you can get stuck in these huge traffic jams. I don't think there's going to be a lot of people like going back Saturday morning. Right. Uh, but I'm going to try to get out of here early so I don't get all the mini season traffic. Because it can take, you know, it should take two and a half hours to get out of the Keys and it can take four or five. Yeah, easily. If you've got, you know, people packed in there. So. Because there's, no, there's only one road. Yeah. Speaking of which, I had noted one other story, one other Conch Life story, which was just my personal experience. <sighs> So there was a clean, there were two cleanups this week that I tried to participate in trying to help clean up basically stuff left in the mangroves from the hurricane, which now is like, you know, two, basically two years past almost. Um, but there's a lot of stuff to clean up and, and we're sort of unique, right? It's not like Houston where you've got a bunch of land that gets messed up, like stuff blows out of people's yards and then it blows into the water, into the mangroves, into places that there aren't people. And so the cleanup is a really different experience. And so, uh, there was a cleanup to get two refrigerators out of the water at the state park. They were like, you know, out in the mangroves kind of off the, uh, Bahia Honda state park, or I guess some people call it Bahia Honda, but whatever. And, uh, so they get a, you know, someone's like, you can use our barge. They get 10 people to volunteer. They go out, they get in the water. They lift these refrigerators, you know, out of the four feet of water onto the barge to get them disposed of. And this is the Conch Republic Marine Army. And I was like, I am in Friday, 10 a.m. I'm there. And uh, I show up. Nobody's there. Uh, no barge is there. I'm asking around. It's I'm like checking a, all this an stuff. an hour drive for you, right? Uh, like 40 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, and I've like arranged my day that like the whole middle of my day, I'm going to be pulling refrigerators out of water. And, uh, and I'm like asking the guy at the quarter deck and he's asking somebody else because it's big production. <laughs> and then Sorry. I go on Facebook and I'm checking all the stuff, check, check, checking it. Yeah, this is the right place. Except it was Saturday. The cleanup was Saturday and I was there on Friday. And of course it makes more sense. It was on Saturday. Uh, so yeah. So anyway, I was, when I was driving out there, I went past this jackknife, like 18 wheeler in the mangroves just had like, I don't know what had happened, but it had gone off the road into the trees and they were, it had just gotten there. Like there was a cop on the scene, but that was it. And then when I was coming back, cause I didn't get to do anything, uh, there was this huge backup and they had like that side of route one closed. And it was quite a mess trying to get that truck out of there. Yeah. Takes a truck to yep. tow a truck. And then, so then I pulled my calf on Friday night. And so on, on Saturday morning, I could not really walk. And I had to text him and be like, yeah, I got a bail. And then Sunday, 
there was a cleanup arranged for our key down by where I run. And I was like, great, I will be there. Even if my leg hurts, you know, I can help with this. This is just, you know, picking stuff up, you know, kind of out of the trees, but like on land. Yeah, what time of day and was it? 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. <laughs> Sunday. And so on Sunday, I checked a bunch of times. Uh, so it's like 7.15, I roll up, nobody's there. Zero, zero people. And this is, there's like a sort of park at the, in this road. Nobody's there. And I go back, I check the phone like 10 times. It is this day. It is Sunday. It is this correct date. It is 7 a.m. Nobody's here. This is where it says nobody's here. And so I just basically was like, well, I'm here. I guess I'll clean shit up. And so I spent two hours, like I had brought a bunch of contractor bags and, uh, some work gloves and bug spray and just picked up plastic like stuck in the mangroves around this park. And I mean, there were so many like plastic bags and bottle caps and then like all this other plastic stuff that's been there for two years since the hurricane that's just like disintegrating. So you try to pick up, you know, like a little cup and it breaks into like 50 little plastic pieces. Like it, it made me hate plastic in a whole new way. Uh, so I got four contractor bags full of trash. And as I'm kind of finally finishing up the last one, some woman pulls up with her dogs and like lets them out and they're running around and she's on the phone. And uh, I guess kind of put my last bag down and she's like, you know, everybody for the cleanup is down the road. And I'm like, what? I'm like, it says, I checked the thing. It says Sammy's Creek. She's like, yeah, well, you know, they all, you know, went down and were like cleaning stuff out of the mangroves, you know, like a mile down the road. So you should go see, they get, got a lot of stuff out. So I go down and I, there have been cars kind of driving past, but I hadn't thought much of it. Apparently there had been like 50 people. There's like bags all up and down the road. They had just been in the mangroves. And I, there's like one car left with these two women. And I kind of rolled up, you know, they're taking pictures. And I was like, man, I'm like, I showed up at 7.15. I'm like, I can't believe no one showed up for this, including the person who organized it. So I just like cleaned up at the park and they're like, yeah, you know, there were a ton of us there at 710. And then the organizer showed up and moved us all down here. And so, you know, no one posted anything physical or, you know, said like, hey, we're not actually meeting at the park. We're meeting like, you know, a mile down the road from the park. So I just cleaned up by myself. When the lady told me that I almost cried, it felt like this weird high school thing where it was like, people are kind of laughing at me for like doing the wrong thing. I mean, she was very nice. Right. But, and it is sort of funny that like, Oh, here's this girl all by herself, like just picking up trash when there's like the whole thing going on down the street. Breaks my heart. It's like, can't they Uh, post a freaking sign or send a uh, Facebook update or something? I mean, this is like super clicky, I think. I mean, I was late. Oh, five minutes. Which is minutes. weird. Yeah. I mean, in the keys too, right? Like to show up at 7.15, I felt like maybe I'm just early and everybody's going to be here. Yeah, exactly. Later. No, it was, well, so anyway. Ridiculous. It was not, not meant to be for me to clean up with other people. But my park looks way better. Like I'm actually really pleased. I've cleaned up a whole bunch of stuff that I'd seen in there for a long time. And you really need work gloves to be able to do that. So. Good job. Good job, self. I guess. <laughs> well, you're a heavy user of that park, so it is. It, it does work out a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of my f- preferred turnaround when I run. Uh, it's like eight miles if I go from the house, or I sometimes I'll drive down and start it 
start a little closer and then it's four miles. So it's a, a great run. I go there all the time. So it looks way better. <laughs> That's good. Ugh, stupid. Oh, well. Not your fault. Uh, you got a German word of the week for us? Yeah, this is a legalish one. Volksverhetzung. Oh. Volksverhetzung. Volksverhetzung. It's a crime in Germany, and it means to either sort of preach hate against a defined ethnic or religious Ooh. group, or deny the Holocaust. Oh. And there's something else to incite violence, I think. It's, uh, so kind of like hate speech, but more specific. Oh, very specific, and very specifically passed and maintained and, and, and you know tailored to nazis right yeah okay. that's really cool not allowed to deny the holocaust they've, they've just decided this is an exception this is proven false speech it's not protected as you know argumented truth or whatever uh and there's like you know we've had terrible experiences and one of our feelings is that we did not prevent that the nazis were allowed to come to power because people were allowed to basically preach hate like this and we're not going to have it again Forget yeah. it, because they have freedom of speech in their constitution too. It's just you know, there's like this is kind of a narrow exception. We're gonna and and people do get arrested. They've they have charged people in the last you know decade with denying the Holocaust. Authors, you know, it's uh, they're serious about it. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, that has always been an interesting thing. Like as an American growing up, where bans on sp- like very specific speech like that feel a little weird. Like we don't really have anything specific like that. Right. Uh, and it, so I was reading an article. I don't, and I don't remember where I saw it, but I had come across it. Um, did you see this about Frankfurt, the East Germany, Frankfurt? And um, there've been a ton of immigrants going there. Did you see this article? It was just no. in the last week. No. Yeah, it was really interesting. And so it was talking about, so there's two Frankfurts in Germany, like the one you have probably flown through if you have flown to Germany. And, and then there's another Frankfurt in East Germany, which is very sort of industrial and was kind of like a dying city. Like the population was declining. Um, you know, it was very East German and much smaller than the West German one. And they've been sending a lot of immigrants there. And uh, the immigrants were like, got to say, wasn't my first choice. (laughs) (laughs) So they're like, Berlin would have been nice. Wrong Frankfurt, Uh, damn it. Yeah, uh, you know, not very cosmopolitan. And and so it's talking about how like it has had been this very, uh, very um, heterogeneous, like white German place. And all of a sudden you have this big influx of immigrants from you know, all over the world are being sent there and how some people are like, they've really revitalized the city. You know, now there are people here that can like work on stuff that needs to be worked on. There's people to watch our kids. There's people to take these jobs. There are shops that are open. Um, but you know, it's obviously changed a lot from when it was like a bunch of white German people. And, uh, it was a really interesting article just like interviewing people and, you know, hearing, uh, you know, how they have come to be friends with the immigrants. And, you know, some of them obviously are like opposed to it. But overall, it seems like there are mixed feelings, but a lot of people are embracing the immigration. Uh, but they were in somewhere in there, they were talking about 
kind of hate speech and like, you know, how are people protesting against immigrants, especially, you know, because most of them aren't white. And they said they will, that people will fly Confederate flags because they can't fly the Nazi flag, right? They can't fly these like traditionally German white supremacist things. So they're like, how do you get around that? and still do hateful stuff and they'll fly the Confederate flag. So that was just a interesting thing that I hadn't thought of. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's weird. Except you totally get that here, right? You get American white supremacists using all kinds of German symbols, whether it's Nazi stuff or SS stuff or whatever, right? You have a lot of Nazi related imagery used by like hardcore white supremacists here. So it kind of makes sense that if you're going to, that you could see it going the other way. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, you can't use the Nazi symbols in Germany. It's illegal. I mean, I remember having... Is that part of the same law? No, right? it may be, there oh, may be different laws that expressly prohibit the uh, the Hakenkreuz, um, the swastika. Yeah. Because I, I remember having, like I used to build, you know, plastic model airplanes as a kid where you glue all, you know, a thousand pieces yeah. together and like, you know, paint the pilots. And then you try to light uniform. them on fire. Well, that was later. <laughs> that's not what they were there for but they but the ones you know these were world war ii planes uh all the swastikas were blacked out and you didn't have the decals inside the stickers like on the on the cover of the yeah. you know the box you'd have you know the swastika was blacked out you know you could have the iron cross that was allowed but if you bought the same model like in london it would have the swastika on it right it's a, yeah it was but they're pretty serious about it yeah Interesting. A little harder to police with the internet, but uh, anyway, Volkswagen still yeah. a thing in Germany. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that's a big diversion. Sorry, sorry yeah, a bit of an excursion dark there. Topics, but no, no, I took it further. But anyway, that's very interesting. Good word. Okay. Uh, any final thoughts before we sign off? Mm, nope. Next podcast will be from DC together. Well, we're going to have to do it on Sunday night because we're only going to be together. I'm going to be home for like a few hours and then Jir dad flies out the next day. Oh yeah. Well, so we'll have dinner Sunday night dinner and then we'll make a podcast. Short overlap. Yeah. I miss you. I miss you too. Well, everyone don't butt anyone unless they ask you to. (laughs) Uh, Bite them hard. They probably like that. (laughs) If they ask you, if they ask you. Okay. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Bye. Bye.